Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm back. So it's been a strange couple of months, but uh, I decided this was the right time to come back for a million reasons. And at the moment, it's going to be the weekly podcast, uh, just the weekly roundup. But as soon as a few other things fall into place, I'll be able to ramp back up and start doing a ton more videos and um, really make some well, uh, well-needed improvements to the website. It's been a long time coming. And I really wanted to come back not using my stupid background and this little webcam here, but, you know, sometimes you got to just do what you got to do. So for now, um, the weekly roundup's coming back. Um, I'm going to do a recap of kind of some of the awesome things that's gone on since I've been away, because I still have been behind the scenes in all this. I just haven't been up front and everything. So I figured today's episode will just be a recap of, of a couple of the cool things that I figure people might want to know about. And then by the time next week's episodes hit, uh, it'll be, you know, back to sort of normal. It'll be a little bit toned down for the the beginning, but um, I'll get back as soon as I possibly can. So I'm back, and let's start the first episode. I think it'd be pretty fitting if I started out talking about something that was one of the first things I ever talked about, and that's Darksoft's MVS cart. So that's a Neo Geo ROM cart that was finally released. And when it first came out, it was pretty buggy because it was, you know, beta first run menus and firmware, which is totally fine in my opinion. You know, these guys aren't Apple. They're a bunch of retro gaming fans that are trying their best to make a product. But the good news is it looks like the first round of bugs were all software. So that means you don't have to worry about, like, sending your card in. I think a few people with certain model MVSs needed a very small change, but overall I would really call it a win for first run of production. And all of the the issues that I had, all the actual problems, were fixed after the second firmware. So um, it's starting to mature, and Darksoft is continuing to to put out updates, listen to feedback, and really work with everybody in the community. So, uh, I mean, I'm a fan. I think it's great. Um, The one complaint, I don't know, comment, whatever you want to call it, and this is really just preference for me, is that... uh, I don't like the animations in the menu. I actually forgot you could turn them off until uh, I was over at iFix the other day and Beast came over and turned it off and everything started running pretty smoothly after that. But I just, I don't like having three games loaded up at once. I I like the traditional menu of just choose your game and go. There's nothing wrong with it. I imagine if you're used to uh, using an MVS with a couple of games in it, that's just the way you've always played it. So it would actually be more familiar than a select one. But my personal preference is just having a menu that goes right to the game. And I think Darksoft had talked uh, about possible updates in the future that allow for that. Probably a ways away, but uh, at the very least, there's going to be updates and features added in the future. Um, If you really just want a straightforward menu, just to select your game and go, the Neo SD is available, and I would call it a mature product. It's been out for over a year, and after the last firmware update, I really don't think anybody's had any complaints about it. 
Um, a lot of people have said it takes a long time to load a game, but it honestly never bothered me. I mean, even in a scenario where if it was on an MVS machine and we're all waiting to play King of Fighters and I select the game, you're really only talking about a minute. Go run and get a beer and come back or something, and you know it'll be done. And there, it's not like there's load time during the game, only while the game is flashing. So it's really just a matter of preference. Um, the only suggestion I would make if you're going to buy it in the USD is buy it from a reseller, not them directly, um, because their customer service is notoriously bad. Uh, and if this isn't like a personal vendetta, like, it's not like, oh, I'm mad at Alex. Like, all you have to do is just look on any of the forums and you'll see the things that happen with those guys. So they're, they make excellent ROM carts. They're shit at customer service. So just don't buy it from them. It's the same price through Stone Age Gamer. So I just recommend buying it through a place where if you have to have some kind of customer support issues that they have a proven track record of, you know, treating their customers the way customers should be treated. Um, you know, say what you want about that. Flame me in the comments. Freak out. Say I'm taking sides. I don't really care. Uh, I've always just been straightforward and honest with everybody, and nothing's changed just because I took a little break and came back. I'm always just going to tell it like it is, whether you like to hear it or not. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, I mean, the bottom line is you have two choices that are great choices for ROM carts. One just might fit your needs better than another. They're similarly priced, which, you know, of course means expensive, but it's Neo Geo, so everything's expensive. And uh, I just, I'm really excited that there's finally a way to play the whole Neo Geo library on original hardware without something like an emulator or anything else. So right now, mine's sitting at iFix Retro Arcade. Uh, Beast came over and helped me tweak all the settings. And a big shout out to Ben from iFix Retro for uh, changing out all of the buttons for me, all the, um, the micro switch activate actuators. Uh, and now it plays perfect, so uh, I'm really enjoying that and really happy to go down there and play it. So two awesome choices, uh, and uh, I'm really glad a product that a lot of people have been waiting for is finally out. So I'll keep everybody updated if there's any huge news on either one of those, but it looks now like they're both approaching mature, reliable products, and hopefully there's more features and cool stuff to come. Since I just mentioned Beast and the iFix Arcade crew, one thing I definitely wanted to bring up was Beast got this very awesome Astro City vertical cab and a Pi to Jamma. So as long as Beast will let me mess with it, I, I would really love to go down there and start digging deep into the whole Pi to Jamma arcade hardware stuff. Because, uh, shockingly, I've actually not messed with any of that. As soon as the Raspberry Pi gaming came out, you know, I've been doing it on RGB monitors and stuff for over a year, but I just haven't had the opportunity to do it on actual arcade hardware, see how the arcade sticks and buttons interface with the Pi to JAMA, and I really just want to dive in head first, and I want to do a guide, a video, you know, information on the website. I, I just think that this might be the first opportunity that people with just beginner electronic knowledge might be able to do something like this. It might lean more towards intermediate skills, but... The truth is, if you want to do main gaming up until this point, you need to spend a lot of money, you need to buy a lot of adapters, there's a lot of configuration, and it's just not for everybody. Whereas I kind of think maybe this might be able to be something that anybody who buys an arcade machine and has a little bit of time and patience can do. But I don't know yet, um, so I'll go down, I'll make uh, arrangements with Beast. Uh, maybe I'll put a deposit down in case I break any of his shit, but uh, hopefully that will turn into a bunch of really cool videos and guides, and I will keep everybody posted on that. Well, I guess I can't do this episode without at least talking a little bit about the Super NT. Um, it was released, and it is amazing. 
Um, it is exactly as good as I thought a Kevtris product would be, and he is even faster than usual with the firmware updates. Um, there were a couple of random glitches, and he fixed those right away. Uh, it performs perfectly. The only real tweaks I do is uh, Firebrand X was nice enough to email me his tweaks and settings, and I didn't even question. I just He could have been playing a joke on me. I still would have just listened and used his settings because um, those are like my, my go-to all the time. All of his settings are usually just uh, it painstakingly figured out to make sure it's as good as it can get. So uh, I'll try to post a link to those down below for anybody that has it. But other than that, it just it performs great. Um, the only things to note about it is uh, I haven't tried the wireless controller yet. I think it's just the 8-bit DOE controller, but um, I'll eventually order one of those and try it. Uh, there are no other cores available for it, and I understand why Analog might be doing that, and maybe I could actually get Chris Tabor on here to talk a little bit. I don't think he will, but... Um, there is a jailbreak available for it, but it only plays SNES games and it doesn't play any expansion chip games. So while that's very helpful, and while I, I really like that there's that ability, because if you don't already own an SD to SNES, um, now you you know, you know can buy this first and save up for one, but I'm still using my SD to SNES pretty much exclusively, um, because I just I love the MSU1 stuff, and uh, there's even an SD to SNES update, I'll talk about that next, but overall, I love it. Um, I'm not going to do a review on it until the analog adapter comes out. If it does, uh, a few months ago they teased an HDMI to analog, meaning RGB, probably component, whatever. Um, which actually, I think it totally makes sense. Because even though a lot of people who are watching this might be RGB purists, I think your average person who's going to be using the Super NT will really just be using it for HDMI. Uh, as am I. You know, I'm using my one chip on my RGB monitor and the Super NT on my flat screen. So by not including RGB, saved a lot of cost and a lot of hassle for a feature that not a lot of people would use. And I think everybody might agree that uh, if you had a choice between um, buying an adapter separate that would end up being the same cost of just the unit if it was integrated or not, I think we all might agree that as long as the quality is the same, this is the better way to go. Um, the only other complaint I have is the shipping scam. Um, the, they list the product at like 189 but with shipping, it's like $240. Um, I mean, I really wish they just said it was $240. I, I just, I think so many people I know balked at the shipping and nobody talked about it in, in any of the reviews I saw. I don't get why. Um, and the only other complaint I have, and I know this is going to make me sound like a huge douchebag, but there are so many awful awful super nt reviews and yeah there were the usual like hi i have a youtube channel I, you know i need an excuse to make a video everybody look at me i'm not talking about those i'm talking about reputable people that i normally speak highly of uh, and i'm not like i'm not trying to hint and talk about one person i mean a lot a lot of different reviewers did a shit job on this one and i just don't understand it i don't know if they were pressed for time and wanted to, to get it out on launch day rather than take their time and and get it out, at a, you know, whenever it was done. Um, there was one review that I thought was excellent until they spent a lot of time talking about a glitch that was a result of them using a one chip and one game that doesn't work right with one chips. It's not even the game. There's one thing in one game. And they didn't even realize that that's what they were talking about. So they were actually doing a comparison to a broken part of a broken game. I mean, you got uh, hundreds of other games to choose from. Uh, it was really disappointing. That was almost a great review. So 
like I said, I, I'm sure I sound like a douchebag saying it, but I just got to be honest. Um, and I'm when I was watching those, I was kind of saying to myself, like, man, this was the right time to take a break because I didn't want to be lumped in with all that stuff. So uh, I really wish there was a couple of good places I could say go for a great review, but uh, I would just say at this point, if you really like the SNES, just buy one because it's excellent. Um, it works perfectly. There's more updates coming. If uh, you know, anytime there's bugs and stuff like that, they've been fixing them. So it's a solid product that I have zero complaints about, and I'm really, really happy that it's released and we could finally just appreciate all of that awesomeness uh, on an HDTV with, without spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on equipment. It's just a straightforward solution that works perfect, and I'm a huge fan of it. So I guess that's uh, the, the mini-review of the Super NT for now, um, but I will revisit it if the analog adapter is released for it. So uh, yeah, I guess that about sums it up. So, some more pretty amazing SNES news. Programmer Red Guy has added Super FX support to the SD to SNES, which is just amazing. Um, he'd worked pretty hard on it. Uh, it came out, he released it privately to a few people as a buggy beta just to kind of work some of the kinks out. Then, almost immediately afterwards, released a pretty smooth version. And I think the version it's up to now plays Star Fox really well. Uh, and I, I think since the last time I checked, he's actually had a couple more updates to it. So... I mean, this, that's just absolutely amazing. To be able to play even more of the Super Nintendo library on the SD to SNES is awesome. And, you know, yes, I realize there's not many good Super FX games. Yes, there are those awesome, uh, well, when done right, the awesome aftermarket carts that have all of them in one. You know, But you don't have to worry about, are you buying a, a poorly made aftermarket cart? You don't have to worry about spending extra money. It's just something right there. And if you didn't want to buy any of the other FX games, at least you could experience them now. Uh, I mean, a lot of times I use ROM carts just to see how terrible something was, <laughs> which sounds silly, but sometimes it's amusing to drop five minutes just to see. But I would never do that if I had to go spend 30, 40 bucks on eBay. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to bring up the ROM cart debate again, but a lot of people always say, you know, oh, you're... You know, you're stealing, but the bottom line is I buy all the games I play and I would have never bought those games that I wouldn't play anyway, especially the terrible ones. And uh, I would have just waited till one of my friends had it and I would have played it over there. So uh, very exciting, a huge, massive thanks to Red Guy for doing this and sharing it with the community. And I just uh, you know, can't, to see what, can't wait to see what happens next in the SNES world because a lot of cool shit. While I was away, I did something that I haven't done in a long time. Played video games. Um, and I actually, as you can imagine, have been beating it quite a bit these past few months. And uh, there's a lot of games I, I played that were fun and I enjoyed. There were some terrible ones. There were some older games that I'd actually never experienced that I thought were neat. But in the future, I'd like to talk to a few of my friends that maybe have played through the same games and kind of just do mini-reviews of each. And don't worry, this isn't going to turn into like a sellout game review channel. I just think if they're short enough videos, like 10 minutes-ish, I, I think it would be pretty helpful for people who like the same kind of games that most of us might. Some of the older style games that are available on the newer consoles, or maybe the hidden gems or something. Yeah, I really don't know any of those, but um, I just think it'd be a lot of fun to do mini-reviews. And there's one I'm... I really can't wait to do because one of my friends recommended a game that I hated and I, I still beat it anyway just because you know I just wanted to give it its fair chance but the whole time I was playing the game I was picking up my phone going fuck you fuck this game fuck the controls like so I that one I have to do uh, and 
So I guess, uh, you know, thank you for all the people who have been beating it and posting pictures of their work. Uh, I actually really enjoyed looking at a lot of those on Twitter and seeing what games people have been playing. And Thanks to Renee for encouraging everybody to beat it and take pictures, share online. And hopefully I'll have a couple of fun little videos up, but um, I'm definitely interested in seeing other people's opinions on some of these. And hey, maybe it'll tank and I won't get any views, but fuck it, I want to do it. <laughs> One of the games that I had recently beaten was Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, I believe, for the Game Boy Advance. And I played through almost the entire game on Woozle's new GBA to HDMI adapter. Holy shit is this thing awesome. I, I am shocked. I had no complaints. And it's me. I am, I am as fucking picky and crazy as they come. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was an, the exact experience that I would want out of an HDMI Game Boy Advance console. I loved the work that he did to it, the different color palettes. Um, I was very frustrated because I'd get 10 minutes into a game with the scan lines on, and then I'd want to change it, and I'm like, all right, now this looks better. And then I'd get 10 minutes and go, change it, now this looks better. And it just, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it was a beta that he had let me borrow, and I had sent it to a couple of other people, and they felt just the same way I did about it. And it's en route to somebody else uh, who has the who has the OCD to be able to tell us how accurate it really is and everything. But I just I had to give a huge huge shout out to Woozle for just phenomenal work. I can't wait to see where this product evolves to. And it's it's slow going, but um, you know he, he's very busy and he's trying to do everything right. So it is on the horizon. But when it does come out, um, it's, I mean, you're going to get a great product. Um, he's in talks with people about different ways to sell it. I think there was one last piece of the puzzle he needed to just iron out, which I believe is done. So I am i can't even begin to tell everybody how excited I am for this. When it comes to HDMI on uh, Game Boy Advance, I guess even Game Boy and Game Boy Color on a TV, this is going to be by far the cheapest and I think the best. Um, the only scenario in which I would think maybe you wouldn't want this is if you already owned, um, you know, a GameCube, Game Boy Player, uh, you know, an HDMI adapter for it, and then go through a good upscaler, because this uh, Woozles puts out 720p, which looks great. So if you already have a Game Boy interface set up, um, you know, and already set up with HDMI and a controller adapter too, uh, you might not uh, need this at all, but if you don't have all of those things, which is a long list of expensive things, you get his kit, you could use a Super Nintendo controller, and it goes right in. Uh, it's just amazing work. I was so freaking impressed with it. And anytime there's any solid news at all, I will definitely be talking more about it here. This next thing I saw while I was away and had no plans on coming back anytime soon, and I saw this link and I saved it. I just I even emailed it to myself because I wanted to mention it knowing that I was going to be back at some point. Um, it's Augmented Reality Street Fighter. I just thought this was the coolest thing in the world because I've seen Augmented Reality games before where you, you, know, you have to run around and it's just, it's not feasible. Like, you can't be in a crowded square in New York City, like Hadoukening and punching people. But with this, you basically just point it at a surface. And if you have a big open park, you know, you could technically be playing with giant Street Fighter characters. Or if you're just on a table, you could look down, but you basically just look through your phone or whatever device this is, and you're able to play the game uh, looking at real life, but with the fake characters through the screen. I just... I thought that was absolutely amazing, and I just I can't wait to see more stuff like this and to see different ways to use things like this. 
Um, I could actually imagine something like the Switch would be perfect for a scenario like this, because you could bring it anywhere and just kind of aim and go. But I, you know, I just thought it was amazing and really wanted to share it with everybody, and hopefully we can see a lot more things like this moving forward in the future. Next up, I finally got an oscilloscope. So it is a, a brand new Riggle, and um, I really just opened it just to make sure I loaded up all of the patches so that it's fully functional. Uh, and then I took it out one other time just to, to troll Zach on the retro round table. <laughs> but I'm really excited to getting into using this thing again. And I think one advantage, believe it or not, is that I completely forgot how to use one of these things. I hadn't used one in, shit, 15 years, a long time. So I think this is the, the perfect opportunity for me to make how-to videos and guides. And especially because this particular scope is very cheap um, and could be, you could add patches to it to unlock features. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I got it on when uh, eBay was having their big sale day, so I ended up getting it super cheap. Um, and I believe this is the one that all the guys from the Retro Roundtable use as well. So I just want to use this opportunity to make a bunch of guides on how to, uh, at the very least, how to do basic stuff like check your cables, check video signals, make sure your voltage isn't too high, especially things like super guns and stuff like that, because um, there's a lot of those that are very badly made that are, are breaking equipment. So I think having one of these would really help, and uh, I think the guys at iFix Arcade would be willing to help me with this uh, as well. I believe Jose knows how to use one of these things, so maybe I can go down there too and we could do some videos on some of the arcade machines there and do a guide on that. But I guess this, uh, this isn't really news, it's just... Uh, a, a taste of what's to come. I'm going to get a bunch of scope videos and uh, hopefully how-to guides and then hopefully this thing's cheap enough where people that maybe might have been thinking about doing this stuff could afford to buy one and really use it and make it part of their uh, their arsenal of tools. So I guess we'll see. There's been some news about hacking the Switch and uh, I guess there's things to come this summer. There's going to be a total hardware hack, a different software hack, but one of the things that I thought was by far the most impressive was somebody had written homebrew software that could actually save all of your save games. So that way you could back up your saves, you could transfer it to another hacked switch. And this is really just proof to me on people do care about hacking their equipment for things other than piracy. And I do realize that a lot of times that's all it's used for, but I just, I think people seem to forget very quickly how many other things that are very important that have made a difference have been done through hacking. Um, don't forget that some of the amazing iPhone apps are only, it only exist because it was jailbroken and people wrote those for the jailbroken side, and then they were able to make them on the real side. So I really hope this opens up a world of, of good and positive hacking on the Switch, like if somebody could pull off an AR demo or something and maybe convince Nintendo they need to do more things like that. I don't know, I'm not a developer and I'm, I'm kind of half talking out my ass here. I was just really excited that there's jailbreaks coming out and that there's legitimate good uses for them, not just people stealing software. So. Um, yeah, I'll keep everybody updated when it happens, and maybe I'll pick up a second Switch to hack. Because uh, I just, with a, a modern console that connects to the internet, in a console that I play, I don't want to hack it. I just don't want a chance getting banned from a store or anything like that. Especially because I've already spent a lot of money on games on that thing. So, um, you know, I'm definitely going to try to find a spare and not make it my main console. But I'll absolutely be hacking it and just seeing what I could do with it.
Before I move on, I just have to give a quick shout-out. Um, so many people sent amazing and awesome messages, and uh, a couple of people were concerned that I really was dying or in rehab or something, and all, all those things made me laugh very hard, including all the people that were, were teasing me. Thank you very much for that. That was, made me laugh every time I read one. But uh, not to take away from the praise I just gave everybody else, I think the person who has absolutely won is Dirk Swizzler and his Thumbbob creation. And I laughed at all of them. I liked every one of them. I thought they were all good, except the vacation photos. Holy fuck were those funny. I was crying at the one where he got the guy to hand Thumb Bob a beer. I just, I thank you so much, dude. That was absolutely hilarious and amazing. I can't freaking believe, it, it genuinely feels like you sent me a gift with those. Uh, especially the fucking vacation ones. <laughs> absolutely love it uh you know check him out on twitter and uh, you know the, i've been putting the pictures here for anybody that wants to see him because holy crap were those good so thank you to everybody too for your support uh no i'm not dying or anything like that i just uh you know long story but uh thanks dirk swizzler for thumb bob that was pretty fucking cool i want to talk about the q a's a little bit and I want to get everybody's opinion on this, and uh, I have a feeling that everybody's going to be really pissed off. So I'm just going to come out with it. Um, I don't really have time to do any of the social media stuff that I was doing. When I look back, the last couple of months um, that I was doing the roundup and everything, I was spending so much time, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, responding to emails, responding to the, especially the comments in the YouTube videos. And I mean the good comments. I'm not talking about stupid trolls or anything. I just, I, so much of my time was spent on that that a lot of the other stuff really started to suffer. And I really want to avoid that. So I was trying to think of different ways that I could kind of simplify things. And I was also trying to think of different ways that I can give back to my Patreons. Because I say this every time, and I know I sound like I'm, I'm just reading off a script and I'm being cheesy, but I am dead serious when I say I am so appreciative None of the things I did last year could have happened without the support of the Patreons. And I feel like I accomplished some cool shit, and I couldn't, there's no way I could come back without their support either. I just, uh, everybody that has supported, I just have the utmost appreciation for it. So I was thinking, at the least for the short term, um, it might be a good idea for me to only do the Q&A on the Patreon side of things, both because I won't be spending so much time trying to chase down things elsewhere, and as a way to really show my appreciation for Patreon subscribers. Uh, I'm sure as soon as I'm saying these words, a bunch of people listening are going, oh, fuck you, you're going to make us pay for answers to questions we don't really need the answers to. And if that's how you choose to look at it, I mean, I'm never going to be able to convince you otherwise. But, you know, my channel doesn't have a minimum, uh, my Patreon channel, and I just, you know, I really just feel like spending time in one place might make everything better overall. And I was also considering just turning off all the comments on all the videos. Um, as over the years have gone by, um, you know, as much as I used to, to joke around, which some people took a little seriously, but as much as I used to joke about the trolls, um, that was really like 1% of the comments. The trolling took up very little time. It was, uh, you know, answering questions, staying engaged, reading through stuff, which were great comments, by the way. A lot of great things, but that just... You know, next thing I know, it's the end of the week, and I'd spent 15 hours just going through comments, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and on emails and all that stuff. And uh, I really, I'm going to be pushing really hard to make this channel work this year. Uh, I'm going to give it one last try 
really see if I could make a difference and really build the channel. And I really need all of your help. Obviously, I can't do this on my own. But uh, So let me know your thoughts down below. I'm going to leave the comments on at least for the short term um, and, and really see what people think. And if everybody thinks it's a terrible idea, then I'll just forget about it. But at the moment, the only two negatives I could really see is that I believe a couple people told me that there's SEO stuff that YouTube immediately... Uh, you, there's less of a chance of getting in the played next section if you turn off your comments. So that does bug me because I do really want to grow this channel and I, I really want to stand behind it and make it something important. But the other thing that bugs me more is that I will miss out on the Dan Mons of the world. Uh, if, if you guys didn't see the interview, Dan was a guy that I met simply because he posts really great, uh, I guess, arguments, if you want to put it that. They're always polite and everything, but he and I went back and forth a couple times, and I learned so much from the dude that I just said, hey, would you mind doing a video with me? And he did. He took the time out of his day to do a fucking awesome video about meme gaming, and none of that would have ever happened if it wasn't for me reading YouTube comments. So, you know, the SEO stuff would bug me, but it would really bother me if I miss out on, on people like Dan just because I turned off the comments because I wanted to save time. So... I guess for this week anyway, post down below and let me know what you think. For the short term, I'm, uh, I'm only going to be doing the Q&A on the Patreon side. I still have a lot going on in my life, uh, and I you know, I didn't plan on coming back this early, so uh, i got to get all that stuff straightened out. So for at least the short term, that just has to be what it is. But in the future, maybe at least a month from now, maybe a tiny bit more, um, that's really what I'm talking about. So let's comment below and let me know how you want me to handle this in the future. Maybe there's other other things I can do. But the bottom line is um, 2018 is going to be big for me. I got to try my best to make this work. I got to try to get the content out that all of you guys have been asking for that I didn't have time. I didn't have the resources. And I, I think I'm about to make all that happen. So I really just, I want to make this channel as good as possible. I want all of your help in just spreading the word. And if you could throw a buck a month to the Patreon, if enough people do that, this thing could last for a lot more than just a year. Uh, but if nothing else, I'm going to give it my absolute best and work my balls off for you guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, thoughts below on all that stuff. And, uh, you know, even if you're angry, please take the time to, to write a good post just this once, just this one time I'm asking you, because this time I'm really going to go through and read every comment and take every comment seriously. And if your comment starts with, look, fuckface, I'm just, I can't take it seriously. <laughs> you got to just, just do it like a debate, like a, a respectable debate, and tell me what you think. And if enough people are like, no, you got you to gotta leave the comments on, you got to keep engaging, that's the only way you're going to build the channel the way you want it. It's fine, you know, give me some time and I'll, I'll go back to the Q&As on the Roundup. Um, but if not, then Q&As will stay Patreon only. And I'll just find other stuff I can do with the community. One thing I definitely want to do, regardless of what happens, is I want to do more live streams. And I've talked to a bunch of people. Uh, Chris from Retro Games Plus last year offered to, to let me do a live stream out of his store. I, I, I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds. I hope that offer is still open. Um, uh, iFix Arcade has offered multiple times to let me stream out of there, uh, which I'm just very thankful to those guys for. So I would love to do some live stream Q&As for everybody. So just because even if I do decide to keep the weekly Q&As as Patreon, maybe I'll just still do a monthly live one and I'll, I'll rotate 
time zones. So maybe I'll do it one Saturday at like 9 a.m. or the next time I'll do it next Saturday at 9 p.m. So I could hit everybody around the world because I do really love that, you know, stuff like this makes the world a smaller place. I know, bleh, Bob's getting cheesy. Whatever. I do mean that, though. So uh, thoughts down below. Take the time to write one that's coherent and not just screaming at me. And I really want to do what you guys want. And hopefully it'll all work out so I can just accomplish everything I need without wasting half of my time just reading social media. Maybe wasting was a mean word to use, but hopefully you know what I mean. Okay, a quick recap. The weekly roundup is back. Uh, Q&As are weekly and Patreon only for at least the short term. And then everything else is coming very soon afterwards, where I'm just going to hit the ground running and just work my butt off to try to get all of the guides and videos and uh, in the website, all the things that I've been talking about for the past year, where I just didn't have enough time for, I'm going to be pushing as hard as I possibly can to get all of that done. Um, in the short term, please show your support by subscribing, retweeting, following, and all that stuff. Uh, and then maybe um, after I'm you know fully back and I've proven myself, Maybe consider also signing up for the Patreon, because even if it's just the minimum amount, if enough people sign up, then it really, really will make a massive difference. But other than that, just thanks, everybody, for all your support. I'm glad to be back. It feels good to be back, even in front of the silly green screen. Um, and instead of leaving you with a normal ending, I'm going to leave you with my comeback video that I made. Because uh, all of you guys that have hung out with me know that uh, I am a dork, and I shamelessly laugh at my own jokes. So even if you guys don't think this is funny, feel free to point and laugh at me because I am a total dork and I am okay with that.